Welcome to the True Ballet Podcast. I'm Jacob Birch. Eric, I'm going to let you handle everything else because I have to be writing down a bunch of names. I cheated. I, I looked I ahead have, at the trivia question, and you're asking very, me to name a lot of people. I have a, a very hard trivia question for you, but a very recent one. I don't delve back into history. Zach, we, oh, spoiler alert, not one of the answers <laughs> in this question. But, uh, yeah, we're kind of going over the... The last week, we'll even cover some of the answers to said question before we get to the question. So I'm giving you a, a lot of uh, information here, but yeah, a lot of a lot of like stuff happened last week, or you know, relatively, and uh, that's sort of what we're here to talk about. All right, so we're gonna catch up on this week. Got our regular segments, you know them. Questions from Craig, Dodgers rewind. We'll have all of that after this. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. All right. What's first? Okay. So, you know, obviously a lot of stuff happened on the baseball field last week. Uh, Dodgers won nine straight. We'll get into that. Just wanted to sort of mention this first since we alluded to it last week. Um, uh, Trevor Bauer had his hearing in Los Angeles Superior Court uh, for a, that was a uh, temporary restraining order against him. And it was uh, hearing to uh, figure out whether that restraining order would last, which I believe, uh, under California law would have been up to five years. Uh, the judge ultimately uh, denied the request for the restraining order. So uh, it's not 
it wasn't really like a criminal trial. Uh, technically, it was not a criminal trial per se. There's still investigations ongoing from the Pasadena Police Department and Major League Baseball, but that's just sort of where we're at. It doesn't really affect um, things in that regard, and especially like from a baseball sense. I will say, like some of the coverage, the, the hearing we recorded last week on Monday morning, that's when the hearing started. Uh, the hearing lasted till Thursday. I believe the uh, petitioner, uh, the woman in question in the restraining order, uh, testified Monday and was interviewed by her attorney, uh, or examined by her attorney, and then cross-examined the next day by the defense. And uh, it's distasteful, like, how a lot of this is was, like, sort of covered like a sporting event, which is gross, like, at a minimum. L.A. Times sending a sports yeah. reporter, Steve Hansen. Uh, yeah, Hansen to, like, just some of the, I don't know, like, it's hard. And, and it's hard to, like, go day by day, like, oh, man, you know, it's it's not like, hey, we're coming into the ninth inning, you know, that kind of thing. Not that Steve necessarily mentioned that. But like that's that's the tone of a, a lot of the coverage when there's like a sports person on uh, um, in a courtroom, <laughs> and I think there's there's different ways to handle it. And it, I I don't know I just found that distasteful, not really germane to the <laughs> anything here. Uh, I just wanted to mention that. But in terms of the like the timeline and how it like for the Dodgers, nothing really changed last week. He's Bauer's still on administrative leave. Uh, they're still sort of extending it week by week um, with the cooperation of the major league baseball players association um for the espn reporting alden gonzalez and tisha thompson um on the 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 bauer case uh they mentioned that major league baseball is not expected to come to a decision on a suspension for bauer until legal proceedings are complete now like pasadena police still haven't like filed charges they're still uh doing an investigation who uh, doesn't no one really knows how long that's going to take MLB also still doing a, a concurrent investigation. Uh, worth noting that the domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy that went into effect in 2015 for Major League Baseball uh, does not require uh, uh, any sort of um, criminal conviction, arrest, uh, admission of guilt, anything to, to be suspended. So that's sort of independent of that. So it's not necessarily reliant on things like that. I would say the one thing that was most relevant for, for our purposes, at least for now, was that the Dodgers have been, like, remarkably silent on all of this, uh, other than, like, passively um, removing, like, uh, Trevor Bauer, like, uh, likenesses from the stadium, no, no like, jersey sales, or things like that. Um, they haven't really said much. Like, I, I think I've said a couple times... Um, We've talked about it on the podcast where it, it was just sort of disappointed that they didn't even put out like a blanket, like we condemn domestic violence in all forms or, or you know, sexual assault or anything like that. And they still have it. But um, uh, Stan Kasten apparently sent a memo to uh, team employees uh, last Monday, I believe August 16th. Uh, ESPN and the LA Times got a copy of that memo. A couple of quotes from the memo. I'll just read this. This is from those reports. Uh, during the past couple of months, uh, we've all been deeply troubled by the allegations that have been made against Trevor Bauer. That was a quote from Kasten. Um, Kasten also said the organization, quote, takes all allegations of this nature very seriously and does not condone or excuse any acts of domestic violence or sexual assault. To me, that's the, 
statement that should have been put out on July 2nd or whenever the MLB put him on administrative leave or like I guess June 29th was when the like, restraining order. You can't order. get in trouble for that. And if right. you do, it, yeah. like, let's be, like it, yeah. you can do that, right? At, at a very minimum, like, yes, we take this seriously. We're not saying anybody is guilty. We just, we do not condone this type of action. That's why we take it seriously. We're not saying anyone did it. Like, that's all you have to say, right? And they didn't do that. But that, that's in the memo. So at least you have some inkling uh, that there's like, you know, some decency there. Um, now the other part of the memo, um, Kasten said the reason the Dodgers haven't said anything publicly is because they don't want to interfere with the investigations, uh, MLB and, uh, the police, I, uh, presume uh, the police less important for this than MLB, but, um, that's sort of why they've been quiet. But I think the bottom line on all this is we're still like in the same place we were before. Like, uh, Bauer's not around now. Uh, he's, he's been out since July 2nd. Uh, if he doesn't pitch the rest of the year, which seems very likely at this point, um, that would be 81 games out. Uh, who knows how long it's, it, this is all going to take, but it seems like given how everyone seems like they're just waiting for other things to happen, it's hard to see this getting resolved in a manner where um, it would be a, a, a position where the where Bauer would even pitch for the Dodgers, or you know, and <laughs> I guess it gets to the point where would would the Dodgers want Trevor Bauer to pitch for them? But that's that's another topic for another day. Just just where we're at right now, it's kind of the same, um, even with last week's like legal proceedings, but. Yeah, that, that's kind of it. Just wanted to update that because that was a thing that happened last week. But there were other stuff uh, that also happened on the field, and we'll, we'll get into that as well. So Dodgers got a nine-game winning streak going uh, before finally losing uh, the, their final game against the Mets. Yep, uh, they were they, they did really well there. Uh, even with the loss on Sunday, I was looking at this because I was looking at something else. Uh, the Dodgers are like sixteen and four in their last twenty games, and that includes a loss on Sunday. Um, the, so the nine game winning streak it got them to within a game and a half of the Giants. Um, it's now two and a half because of the loss Sunday. Now it's funny how this works, right? They, the Dodgers were. Uh, before Bueller's win in New York two Saturdays ago, they were five games back. They got to one and a half back. Now they're two and a half back. But there was a point on Saturday where it was all it, it was almost a half game back. And this is where the the, the chasing part becomes frustrating because it's a lot of times um, uh, you know we tend to think of the baseball season as like a a very slow like glacial pace but sometimes the movement happens very quickly <laughs> like it, it just uh, you can make up ground in in a very short amount of time but then sometimes you're like okay that oh yeah that's right that the, the, it's really hard to make up that amount of ground because just things happen so the dodgers in the in their when they won their ninth straight the giants were down in the ninth inning against the a's playing roughly the same time i forget it, which end, ended first but then they got a two-run home run Saturday to win that game. So instead of a half game back, it's still a game and a half. And then the Giants were down again on Sunday 
got a two-run home run in the eighth inning to win that game. And so, like, you know, a lot of things could have happened, the woulda, coulda, shoulda type stuff. But uh, that's sort of the nature of a pennant race, and that's, that's uh, you know, what makes it fun too. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. Um, did you see – or wh- I guess what did you think of the Los Dodgers all-blue uniforms that they wore on Friday and Saturday? We texted a bit about this. You, uh, I, The tops were fine, if not a little – boring you know they're not that different from their spring training uniforms obviously the the lettering and the the team name being different um but the pants and the hat i'm just not not for me the all it, blue uh, is just it's weird all blue was weird but i the hat was the worst part like it just it was the same it's the same logo as or not you know same lettering as the the name but also it, uh, it was stacked on top of each other rather than Los Dodgers all in one shot. But too, it seems too busy uh, for the hat. But I don't know. It was a little little weird. Um, I guess I don't – my biggest thing over the years, I used to hate the idea of even trying a blue top with, with the Dodgers, right? Um, I, over the years, I've come to the – a realization that well a it's just not for me so like who cares right like it's mm-hmm. just gonna I, i'm not i'm not as diligent on that but i would i wouldn't mind them wearing the occasional blue alternates on the road with gray pants i think that works well the one thing i would i'm glad they didn't do was uh blue tops with white pants because i i don't really like that necessarily now it did look weird with blue on blue i think part of it was they didn't, they didn't have a good sock to go with it. Like, because um, some of the players did high pants, um, or I guess high socks, as it were, and they were like white with um, I forgot what was at the. There was like a something red at the bottom, and it just made it look weird. Like, um, I think if you had a better sock with it, like it probably it might have mattered. But also when the, when it first came out, they they first sort of unveiled it for friday saturday it from afar it looked like velour or like pajamas like uh in a weird way which was kind of fun but uh yeah i don't know it was it was fine generally like it obviously it's different it's just weird but i get it wasn't it wasn't so bad um i just didn't like the hats mostly yeah um but uh you know while wearing the blue um on Saturday, uh, first, I guess earlier in the week, Billy McKinney homered against the Pirates. On Saturday, Trey Turner homered against uh, the Mets. So you, I, I like when we have, a lot of the bets we have, we don't, forget about. Yeah, they <laughs> and, don't come to fruition and, until and, months later. Yeah, this one was like instant. Like here's I our believed bet. in Billy McKinney. Jacob wins. Yeah, and so look, I, I salute you on that. You So at the time last week, there were 19 Dodgers with a home run. The question from Craig was, uh, you know, how many would would it be, like 20 or 21 or more? I said 20, that only one of Turner and McKinney would homer. I didn't think McKinney would homer. Uh, he homered immediately, and then Trey Turner <laughs> homered. And then so you you won this bet, like, before the next episode. So that that's the way to do it. Um, and it, it's 21 and counting. Like, there, there could be more. Like, you, you also had the – obviously – uh there's like i i actually hope like multiple pitchers do now just to just uh just 
make it a runaway like that at this point uh, it's, it's pretty good i think one of the things too last last week we sort of forget about andre jackson actually made his major league debut uh last week like there's a lot of stuff that happened but that was on monday um he was a bolt guy uh pitching after an opener he pitched four scoreless innings uh yeah, pitched great. really well and then was optioned the next day because the dodgers are churning through uh, players. They also had a Wednesday of that series against the Pirates, the Mitch White game, um, and he pitched seven and a third uh, score, scoreless. Turns innings. out the uh, trick to uh, Mitch White is just like just let him go. <laughs> yep, yep, exactly. Just wind him up and then let him go. Well, there was a point in the second inning. Uh, I guess after the first uh, inning, when he was warming up in the bullpen, then he was ready, and he was just sitting on a chair just completely relaxed and like zoned out and like the sports center like cameras caught him and he's just totally relaxing just sitting there and i'm like okay this is gonna be a good game for him um but yeah seven and a third scoreless uh i'm gonna leave this for a second but it was the longest relief outing uh, you you already know the answer but we'll, we'll, we'll talk to about it in a second uh longest relief outing in uh 37 years by a dodger uh, you know, it, it was, uh, uh, he, again, he was the op- you know, following an opener. But, yeah, like it was one of those where the bullpen was taxed. They needed a reset day, and that totally gave them a reset day, so it was good. Um, uh, so we're going to get to this sort of question in a while, in, in a little bit. But just to, to give you some answers, last week uh, four new Dodgers pitchers pitched for the team this year. Andre Jackson on Monday made his major league debut. Um, Evan Phillips, uh, who they claimed off waivers, uh, was uh, the 35th pitcher used by the team. Naftali Feliz and Shane Green pitched on Sunday. They were the 36th and 37th pitchers used by the Dodgers. So I'm giving you easy answers here uh, for for a later question. The previous Dodgers record was 31 pitchers, so they've already blown past that. The surprising thing to me, or not surprising because I looked it up earlier, but um, they're only tied for third in the majors. Like they were, and it, you know, when it was 33 or 34, uh, they were like eighth. So because of the going from 60 to 162, um, like there's, you know, pitching is weird this year for that. There's been a lot of injuries, but then, you know, just how teams use rosters too. 17 major league teams this year have already used 30 or more pitchers. That's crazy. Uh, the all-time record is 42 pitchers. I think it's the 2019 Mariners. I did. I can't remember which Mariners team it was. I think it was 2019. The average this year in Major League Baseball is just over 34 pitchers per team. So it's not just the Dodgers. The Dodgers are certainly using a lot, but um, it's it's a lot. It's a lot of pitchers. So. Um, speaking of a lot of pitchers, I was looking this up because the Dodgers, uh, we'll talk about the upcoming schedule in a second. They're playing the Padres, uh, this week in San Diego, Tuesday, thir- Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're recording this on Tuesday morning. The Padres have actually used their bullpen more than the Dodgers of late. They've had like you Darvish hurt. I believe he's going to pitch in one of the games in the series. He's still on the IL. Uh, Chris Paddock has been hurt. The Padres relievers in August have pitched 57% of the innings, and they're using they're doing a bullpen game on Tuesday. Uh, Pierce Johnson is starting one of the great baseball names ever. Um, <laughs> but uh, baseball name slash tattoo artist. Um, but, uh, yeah, Painful so that – Yeah, exactly. 
but um, that's uh, there's it's a lot of a lot of pitchers used, and we'll we'll get to that more of that in a second. Now th- this this series uh, in San Diego could be sort of a return series for quite a few people. Uh, Julio Urias, the Dodgers haven't officially announced this yet, but he's going to be activated off the injury list uh, to start uh, this opener on Tuesday, uh, meaning he only missed one start and the minimum 10 days on the injured list with his left calf thing that he got hit by a pitch. Um, so that's, that's like relatively good news. Um, Joe Kelly, who's been on the COVID IL uh, for, I believe he missed 13 games. He pitched two rehab games for Ranch Cucamonga. He's supposed to be back possibly tonight, at least at some point during the series. But uh, perhaps the most important, Mookie Betts, um, who has been on the injured list uh, twice since the All-Star break with, uh, you know, I guess a bone spur in his hip. Uh, he could return as early as Thursday. He, he did a um, simulated game... Um, or I guess, yeah, simulated game Monday, and I believe he was going to do another one today at Dodger Stadium, off Wednesday, and then join the Dodgers in th- in San Diego on Thursday to be activated if all goes well. Now, we've talked about this, how full strength doesn't really exist. Dave Roberts, when asked about it the other day, he, his, he said, my anticipation is tempered because of what we've gone through this year. He was, he was like half joking, but it's also true. They've had, since the trade, they've had uh, one lineup with their like full, uh, like compliment of players. It was a really good game, if I recall correctly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and so they're not quite there yet, but they're close. They they're still they still got a pretty darn good lineup, even without bets. But it gets a, obviously a whole lot better. Um, the other, I guess, sort of generally, um, like Clayton Kershaw, he's been playing like a lot of catch recently, uh, throwing at 120 feet, then like 150 feet. He's supposed to maybe get off of a mound this week, maybe a couple of times, maybe a bullpen session uh, soon. His earliest return date is September 5th. I would imagine he's going to start having to pitch off of a mound to sort of get ready for that. But like it looks like just given the schedule, at, at, a, at a minimum, they probably have to have at least two more like fill-in starts from either Jackson, uh, Andre Jackson or Mitch White uh, like two more times uh, until – Kershaw or Gonsolin is ready, possibly three more times. Who knows? But that's just sort of where they're at right now. I was looking at the remaining schedule because the Dodgers haven't played the Padres in two months. They have nine games left against the Padres. This is their last series in San Diego. The the other two uh, later in the year are um, at home. Uh, And then the Dodgers only have three against the Giants in September. They have 12 games left. The Dodgers do against the, the bottom two Diamondbacks Rockies. Uh, the Giants have 10 games against the Padres and three against the Dodgers, and then they have nine against the bottom two. Why the Padres have – the Padres are currently out of a um, a playoff spot right now because they've been falling like a rock. Uh, the Reds have been hot, and they're ahead of them by a game now for the second wild card spot. But also the Padres are – what is it? I think 10 and a half games behind the Dodgers and 13 games back of the Giants. Uh, part of it was because they've they've played all but three games uh, against the Diamondbacks and Rockies, so they only have uh, I think they have three games left against the Rockies, if I'm not mistaken, and they they are 17 and and was it 17 and 19? I forgot what it was. Um, Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they're under because they were 500, then they lost at least one more time and maybe twice. Yeah, so I I think it's. Um, 
In fact, I have it here. Yeah. Okay. So they're. Yeah. Let's just pretend I know what I'm talking about. And uh, yeah, 17 and 18 looks like. Aha. Um, but um, yeah, so they're they're bad against those. The, the well, the the Do- Giants are 23 and six. The Dodgers are 21 and five. So that gives you an idea of how the Padres have sort of slipped back a little bit. But um, yeah, that's that's sort of where you know they are at. Um, I was looking at to the the Fangraphs uh, odds still have the Dodgers winning the division like like a little more than sixty percent I think maybe not quite two thirds percent chance but even like the projected wins I think they're only they're like maybe a win over the Giants at, or maybe a little bit more than a win so it's still going to be close obviously down the stretch uh, the, re- the remaining win percentage of the Dodgers opponents is five oh eight. For the Giants, it's 520. So, you know, it's a little bit more difficult for the Giants, but not appreciably so. But that was all just a ruse to give you more time to think of uh, the answer to our trivia question, which you knew about ahead of time. I did. The Dodgers have used 37 pitchers, as I mentioned before. Uh, in 2021, that's a franchise record. How many of the 37 pitchers can you name? <sighs> not 37, I'll say that much. I yeah. will answer that after this. I have confidence in you. Dodgers have used 37 pitchers this year. How many can I name? How many do you think I can name? Uh, I think you'll get... Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hmm. I think you'll get 30. See, that's what I was going for, and I'm stuck at 28. Um, I have a, I, I think, right? Maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe. So. I keep like we're so in the well. I keep it like Pedro yeah. Baez entered my head. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. oh right, no, that was last year. Um, how deep. And then I ha- there are a couple of names where I'm like I have fragments of information and I just don't remember the name. Um, so let's we'll go through what I know and uh, yeah. I'm I'll preface this by saying I'm guessing I'm missing like. Five-ish names of like, yeah, I have no problem not remembering that one or two outing performance. Yeah, there's um, always going to be one where you're like, ah, yeah, no, like, I am positive yeah. I'm missing one or maybe even two like currently on the roster, and I just flip, you know, my brain is just dead. Yeah, um, and then there'll be a three where like, ah, if I, maybe if I thought longer. Um, all right, let's go. Yeah, <laughs> leading off this is asked, uh, uh, um, illustrious list, Quackenbush. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you went right with the, with the with the big guns early. I like it. Clayton Kershaw, basically uh, <laughs> one and two, right? <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, this is where absolutely. if you do a Sporkle quiz and like, yeah, it's a there's a bunch of options and two yep. of them like share something. You can get multiple. 
I'm going to say yeah. green. Green. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I will give you both Connor and Shane. Uh, Brule. Yep. Bueller. Yep. Uh, I'm. I. I. I'm. I'm just. I'm physically writing these down just so I. I'm like make sure I know who you. Missed. I have a question. How many do you think you would have gotten? I think I would have gotten to like. I think I would have got all thirty-seven. No. But uh, I, I even offered to you before, like before I to like, swap. Up, like because yeah, you, you, you and I. So a uh, little behind the scenes curtain. The original trivia question I would have gotten right because you yes. tweeted about it, uh, and um, and because I thought it was going to be that trivia question, I thought about asking you this very question: name the thirty-seven. Mm. Uh, right afterwards, since it would have been a very quick trivia segment, and then I just said, "Nah, that's too much time." And then I, we started record, or right before recording, you mentioned, I "Oh, I, I swapped it I, out." By the way, <laughs> it, it might have it might have taken me because I would have also like forgotten probably a few, and then so I I would have like gotten to thirty five, and then be like, "I can't, I don't know." Thirty five, thirty five and a half yeah. is where I was going to set yeah. my over under for you yeah. for what it's worth. Um, yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, Bueller, so I said, said uh, Bickford and Bueller, yeah. Scherzer. Yep. Gonsolin. Uh-huh. May. Yep. Jojo. Yep. Urias. Yep. Gonzalez. Yep. White. Yep. Gratterall. Yep. Price. Yep. Trinan. Uh-huh. Kenley. Uh-huh. Kelly. Yep. Knable. <laughs> All the K's, yep. Yeah. Bauer. Yep. Santana. Oh man. See, this is that's a good one, but yes, obviously. Uh Yuseta. Yep. Vasia. Yep. Feliz. Ooh, nice. Uh Andy Burns. Beautiful. Uh Jackson. Yep. Phillips. So does Andy Burns count? Is this people who have made yes, a pitching? Yes. Okay, I, I was wasn't sure if that was, was people technically pitcher on the roster or whatever. Okay, yeah. um, and this is where I hit the like Bobby something I have written down. Um, question mark? I, I'll, question I'll, mark? I'll question to, mark? I'll get to him. I'll get to him after. Okay, I, I'll tell you he, he is not one. But okay, I, I I'll go get into why he I you know he, yeah. he at least is worth. And mentioning. then I have. Uh, waiver choir that pitched well against Giants and then DFA'd week later. I just can't. Oh yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right on that description. <laughs> Technically, yeah, I, I knew. So I, I have you at 28 right now. That's that's that is my my that's and I'm my brain's done. Like that's okay. That's where I stop. Now I will I will say, um, I I'll give you a couple hints. Uh, that that aren't okay. Arguably, the Dodgers' best reliever this year. You're missing. I am actual reliever, not not like you know one game. Person. See, this is why. Like, this is clearly a blind spot, and yeah. uh, brain is now just going. I, out the I will say the the next couple I'm going to ask you. They're all on the injured list. Oh. <laughs> okay. Um. Oh. Um. I'm gonna, yeah, arguably, um, um, eighth starter. <laughs> that's that's also right for uh, this person. Um, Jimmy Nelson. That's right. Uh, behind the scenes, we just took a minute break so I would remember Jimmy Nelson's name. You had to give me a first initial. 
Um, And this is is why I was afraid of this question, is that, like, I'm not going to forget Clayton Kershaw and, like, Kenny Jansen, but below that, my brain could just forget a name despite remembering everything else about a particular player. Okay. All right. right. And then... I'm glad glad I wrote these down because I have the others that you've missed. Okay. Uh, These other two are are also on the DL, uh, or IL, excuse me. Uh, one of them has four extra inning losses this year. Nope, nope. I'm tapping out. My brain, you have my brain. Uh, okay. If I can't, if it takes me a minute, remember Jimmy Nelson's name, my brain has been stretched to its limits. Embarrassed that, me. Go ahead. That was Garrett Clevenger. Uh, sure. Also another lefty, Scott Alexander. Yep. Um, yep. And I, that was another thought in my head. Is like, I'm, I'm like, I'm missing lefties. I know I'm the, missing lefties. <laughs> the, the way, the waiver guy who pitched well against the Giants was Nate Jones. Yeah. Uh, an, an, another another <laughs> waiver guy. Like, no way I remember these. Like it's so funny how the brain works, or in this an- case, doesn't. Another waiver guy who's who's since moved on to two other teams via waivers, and whose wife uh, won a silver medal at the Olympics on softball. Jake Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, another waiver pickup. Jimmy Sherpy is on the sixty day <laughs> IL. He's out for the year. Uh, Mike Kickham was up for a day. I should have remembered Mike Kickham. Pitched in Milwaukee. Jeffrey Ramirez was optioned without options. Uh, Darian Nunez has a good changeup, and he's been up and down the last month and a half. Yep. But yeah, that's you. You you did well. Like obviously, it's always going to happen that way. Where there's like Clevenger, I think was in the same space as Jimmy Nelson of like been all tons of performances and just just tucked away in the part of my brain where. Couldn't couldn't access it. But couldn't get it. In fairness, goal. out of sight, out of mind too. Like Jimmy Nelson no. hasn't pitched for over three weeks. He's been away. You know, like hasn't been. Like, there's been no cutaways. And it's really interesting you said uh, arguably best just be, just because of how good the bullpens have been lately. And that's where I was yeah. like, wait, really? Yeah. Like they're you know they've been getting such stellar performances out of yeah. Trinan and out of Vasia that. Uh, yeah, like I can't. I I apparently um, this is one of those things that new parents, quote unquote, new, uh, get a blame being a new parent for for like twenty years. I think so. I'm just gonna keep doing that. Oh, it's, yeah, I was up late so, watching the kid. Uh, in fairness to you, since you nailed this trivia question off air before we started, my original question was going to be who had the who Mitch White seven and the third innings, uh, who had the last relief appearance by a Dodger uh, at least that long or longer. And it was uh, Burt Hooten. That's correct. Uh, Nineteen eighty-four. He went eight innings, uh, and yeah, um, and allowed like only... one run, I think. And that's where yeah. I, I was getting mixed up because there's another trivia question and oh, my yeah. name I'm forgetting now. Yeah, uh, the other one was who, who Mitch White had the longest scoreless yes. relief appearance of that long since Ed Roebuck in nineteen sixty. Right, nine nine scoreless innings of relief in a ten inning game. Uh, against the Milwaukee Braves, you gotta make Sears puns. I remember now. I, I did. I, I I did make a Sears pun <laughs> on Twitter with that. So, I, my my usual thing. Sometimes I tweet stuff like a couple days. I'm like, I wonder if Jacob saw that. I'll just ask <laughs> it anyway. Because sometimes you don't, and so like, it's it's like a it's a it's a tricky situation where I have to guess uh, whether you've seen it or not. No, and when and when you guess correctly, they they're always if you're tweeting it out, it ends up being a really good trivia question. So. Um, yeah. Now, in that case, would I have gotten? Obviously, I wouldn't have known. Uh, but no, if you had like exactly. given me an era, would I have like 
Yeah. I think Bert See, Hooten would have been I, somewhere in the punch bowl, maybe. But I don't. I think it would have taken a long time to. to, to I like, think that would have been a very fun trivia question for like you and me sitting at a bar. So I have half yes. an hour to throw names at you. Not not for uh, our listening uh, audience. S- side note: Before we get into the Dodgers mm-hmm. rewind, uh, my uh, my niece's husband, big baseball trivia guy, will text back and forth. If he if he sees a really awesome trivia question, he'll like throw it my way and I'll try to guess it last night. Uh, so I, I misread what he wrote at first. Uh, I guess. So he, the question was which player, uh, with 90, he had 93 career home runs has the fewest home runs for anyone who's hit a home run against all 30 major league teams. And, um, my immediate thought was it has to be like, um, like a, a, a middle infielder type, you know, or something mm-hmm. like that. And I didn't get it, but uh, he got he. I, I missed the part where he said he had only gotten to the number two answer, but didn't know the answer. So like, once he got he he like was giving me hints. I was like guessing a bunch of people. I didn't get it, and uh, he got me to David Bell because he at a certain point he's like current major league manager. So David Bell was number two, and then he's like, oh wait, I don't. I'm like, well, okay, who's number one? He goes, no, I don't know it. So I, I just, while we were talking, texting, I looked up all the players with 93 career home runs, and it became obvious who it was, uh, and it was Orlando Hudson. And ah. it took, I, I, so I, then I turned the tables on him, and I was giving him like <laughs> clues here and there. It was, it was a fun time. We, we had a good uh, hour. Uh, and that hour, I will say, uh, he perfectly texted me right as I was um, – about to do a little bit of research on today's Dodgers Rewind, who is Frank Lankford. Um, not to be confused with Ray Lankford, the, the hitter uh, for the Cardinals in that same era. Um, so this year, the Dodgers have used a lot of pitchers. I was looking uh, up, you know, using a lot of pitchers is like a recent phenomenon, as in like this century for the most part. Uh, I think... What is it? I think it's like 22 out of 20, the top 27 or 23 out of the top 28 have been like since 2000 in terms of most pitchers used in franchise history. Um, Only five times before 2000 did they use 20 or more pitchers. 1944, which was during World War II, so it's a little understandable. And then 1990, 95, I would say 90 was a lockout year. 95 was after a strike. And then 99 was, you know, basically 2,000. Those had 21 each. Now, 1998 had 25 pitchers, which was the team record until all the way till 2013. So that's it for a while. That was also a tumultuous year. Uh, obviously, um, Mike Piazza was traded, ownership change, all that kind of stuff. They were cycling through players, kind of going through a bunch of stuff. So... Frank Lankford, uh, that December of 97, was a Rule 5 pick from the Yankees. He was age 27. Um, he, They basically used him in entirely low leverage situations. He was like the last option guy, uh, reliever. used. He was sort of early Clevenger this year in a way. Um, he, on April 2nd, um, in uh, the 12th inning in St. Louis, he gave up a walk-off three-run home run to Mark McGuire. It was home run number two out of 70 that year for McGuire. Um, uh, Lankford also lost a game in the 13th inning later. Those were his two losses. He also got a three-inning save 
one might ask, did I only use to use Frank Lankford to have someone who had a three inning save as a Dodgers rewind? Yes, yes, I did. <laughs> uh, it was a game at Wrigley Field. He entered up nine, uh, eleven to two. He gave up a run in three innings, got a save, perfectly earned save, if you ask me. Um, he allowed thirteen runs and twenty three hits in nineteen and two thirds innings. He had a five ninety five ERA. He was sent back to the Yankees on May 15th. Many people perhaps didn't notice it because the shockwave was still reverberating from one day earlier when the Dodgers traded Mike Piazza to the Marlins. Um, so to, uh, when they sent Lankford down, it made room for Denny's Reyes uh, to be called up from Albuquerque. So um, Lankford never pitched in the majors again. He did stick around through the end of 2002, basically pitching in AAA all those years. Um, and a lot of those were with Oakland, uh, in the Oakland system after the Yankees. So yeah, that's where we're at now. I have a Lankford trivia question for you. Alrighty. Uh, he was one of four pitchers that year to allow a home run to Mark McGuire in 1998. Dodger How many pitchers. of the other three can you, Dodgers <laughs> hit 70 <Yes>. off four dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Just bring in somebody else. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so four different Dodgers pitchers allowed home runs to Mark McGuire in his 70 home run season. Uh, was this the year he hit one out? Out, out? Mm, good question. I think so, uh, but I will look it up while you hit pontificate. Dodgers Stadium, because I was at that game. Whoa. Uh, rare feats. Why don't you give me the year? Oh, there you go. Uh, it was not. 99 was uh, oh. the year. Uh, I, yeah, um, well, back and I was, a, you know, I was what ninety nine, so th- I was older when, than I would have thought. Thirteen when um, McGuire settled for sixty five home runs. Yeah, uh, but I, you know, again, certainly wasn't in enough baseball to really realize how rare that. Oh, he hit it the park, cool. You know, that's what they say. Yeah. He hits it out. That happens all the time. That's what a home run is. Yep. Uh, and then my parents were like, "No, that was that was rare." Um. Stalling, isn't that cool? Um, yep. How about um, I wrote down Rudinsky. Uh, how about that? Bu- oh, Scott Rudinsky. Yeah. No. Uh, now here, here's a funny thing. Um, I was gonna my questions. I was thinking about the '98 team. I was gonna just be simple and say who led the 1998 Dodgers in wins. Then I was thinking name every pitcher who who had a save. Uh, for the 1998 Dodgers, Rudinsky would, would have qualified. <laughs> you know, just that—that's that, then I stopped because I'm like he doesn't know any of these players. Well, you said Scott Rudinsky, but like it would have—it would have just been a lot of like, uh, like you know. So I think he would have got the wins, perhaps. All right, it would have been like a 50-50 shot. Um, I'm naming hitting the home runs. Uh, Hideo Nomo. Uh, no. Chano Park. Uh no, he was he was most wins by the way. Uh, um, Valdez. Nope. I'll I'll give you a hint. One of these players was a recent Dodgers rewind. Um, I don't know if that helps. <laughs> like I'm listening. I'm out doing puzzles mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. while you're talking. Um, Ramon Martinez. The first home run of the season from McGuire Grand Slam on opening day. Um, hey, I got one. I'm feeling pretty good. I, I mean, technically, you, you should get two. Oh, so, <laughs> it's the question is how many of the other three I get. Uh, okay, so. all right. I, I'm giving you two out of four so far. <laughs> right. Um, are the other two relievers? 
One is and one is a starter. Uh, is this early? both in the same game? Are the yeah. are we early enough for Darren Dreifert? Uh, we are. Is he one of them? Nope. Ah, you <laughs> jerk. <laughs> um. Uh. I have one more name that I'm tapping out. Andy Ashby. Nope. I will tell you. Um. Uh. That year, McGuire did hit home runs off Mike Morgan, but he was a Cub. And Oral Hershiser, but he was a giant, though that never happened. Um, <laughs> but the other two home runs against the Dodgers were on July 17th uh, at St. Louis. Um, Brian Bohannon, uh, recent, uh, he was a trade uh, mm-hmm. trade acquisition that year. Mm-hmm. And then Antonio Asuna in okay. the same game. Okay. Yep. All right. I'm, I'm comfortable with half. Yeah, you did. You did 37. Good. You really think you would have got, like, with no prep, right? If I had just, like, right. cold asked you, you would have gotten an all 37? I, I think so. Man. I, 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 I'm certain I would have had a, a blunder where I did, I would have missed someone like, like, Jimmy Sherpy or something. Yeah, that, that, that is, that is actually the name I was thinking of. Like, There's no yeah. way. <laughs> um, I, like I said, I would have set 35 and a half, and I would have taken the over, but I would have thought for sure you missed one. All right. Yeah. Well, I get to turn the tables in another way uh, with friend friend from my help. Uh, <laughs> what? Uh, Craig, because it's time for... With Jens and Craig. We love them. Screwed it up. I was about to, <laughs> it's about to come in, and you actually beat me to it. I have to adjust my time sheet. All right, adjusted. The Dodgers play their final three regular season games at Petco Park this week. So this week's trivia questions are all about their historical play at that ballpark. Uh, Great ballpark, by the way. Yep. As uh, as I, I hope uh, all our listeners know, you should uh, go go to a game there when you feel safe to do so. But I love that park. It's so good. It's awesome. But first, I wanted to hear about a memorial game experience either of you had going to Petco Park. My first experience at Petco Park was not for a Dodgers game, nor was it for a Padres game. It was actually the semifinals and final of the first World Baseball Classic. Oh, that's really good. Which means it was also my first introduction to Japanese and Korean um, baseball fandom. And it was so good. awesome because <laughs> the semifinal yeah. was Korea versus Japan, oh, um, man. and it was so cool. Um, yeah. The if I remember correctly, and uh, it was long enough ago that I may not, but I, I seem to recall the um, the Korean team supporters w- had, were a little bit more organized. Like they were handing out thunder sticks. They had chants ready to go. It was so cool. Routine outs got giant cheers um that was a really really fun experience and as we mentioned great park um we had pretty good seats so a really really good experience that's solid um my uh when i worked in real estate my boss uh had good seats uh at petco for a while so occasionally i would get those they were in the toyota Terra section which is like the sort of the club level like just above field and it was like right behind home plate, just to the first base side of home plate, at like the first section there. So there were a lot of like foul balls, like that actually got really close to there. Never got one, but sat there a lot. Went to a lot of games. 
there's been a lot of memorable Dodger games. I, I had a streak when I lived in San Diego. The I think I saw the Dodgers lose to the Padres something like 12 straight times. I think like 10 of those were in San Diego and maybe two in L.A. But like it was it was brutal for a while. This was like the, the PV uh, good mm-hmm. Padres era. And uh, but like I so what one of my memorable Pet, Petco Park experiences, though, well, a aside from the time when we had the True Blue L.A. section in 2009 for Manny's return game uh, on July 3rd, um, that was fun. But uh, one thing was, I think this was 2006. Um, the Mets were playing the Padres, and then Julio Franco hit a home run for the Mets. And I was telling everybody in my section, and they were like, who is this guy talking to us? Uh, but I was telling everyone that he just set a record <laughs> for the oldest guy in Major League history to homer. I was like yelling it out, you know, like, this is a big deal. Like, and then they finally showed it on like the board, like pretty soon after that. And I was like vindicated, but no, <laughs> he was like 46, I think, uh, years old at the time. He went on to hit more, uh, I believe. We didn't but, even uh, yeah. mention the, uh, the Pujols Rich Hill home run. The two oldest oh, people in baseball. Facing yeah, off. that's right. Both 41. It was, so it was, it was fun because so Pujols since he turned, 40 before the start of 2020. Uh, Rich Hill was the first 40-year-old pitcher he faced since then. Uh, and then also uh, Pujols is the first 40-year-old or more or, or older batter to hit a home run off a 40-year-old or older pitcher. A Dodger. <laughs> so, yeah, that was something. And plus the old friends factor and all that. It was it was really good. And like you mentioned, the two oldest players in baseball. So that was a, that was a fun little moment. All right, enough stalling. Time to yep. put you through the arena. Um, five Dodgers have we got four questions. Five Dodgers have hit seven or more home runs in their careers at Petco Park. Can Eric name them? Two hmm. are still active Dodgers. Uh, so Jock Peterson. Yep, with eight home runs. Um, Bellinger. Uh, nope. Uh, Max Muncy. Uh, nope. Wow. Okay. Oh, so Justin Turner then? Justin Turner, one of the three with seven. Uh, and then I guess um, Corey Seager? Uh, nope. No, he would have been... All right. All right. Wow, this is um, disappointing. Um, I am angry. There's still one other active Dodger that I'm missing? Uh, that is correct. Well, this is stupid um (laughs) um all right i don't know how (laughs) um uh this is a lot oh chris taylor there you go another one with seven of Um, the uh so the two you have two left yeah uh let you know both at one point padres hmm. uh so matt camp with nine um Let's see. One uh, very known for being a Padre. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Adrian Gonzalez, yep. I guess. There you go. Yep. Nice. There are four Dodgers with 12 or more doubles in their career at Petco Park. Who are these players? Two are active as Dodgers. Mm, so going back to the well yeah, with uh, yeah, Justin Turner. Uh, yes. Uh, 12 doubles. And then I'll go Chris Taylor again. No. 
This one I will then circle back. Oh, Corey Seager. There you go. I was about to say, go with yeah. the man we yeah, associate with doubles. Yeah. Um, leads the list list with 17 doubles. Uh-huh. And then so I have uh, two more. Yep. Uh, Yasiel Puig. Nope. Uh, Matt Kemp. Yep, with 14. He's tied Andre, with, with Andre, Andre Ethier. Ethier. Yep, both yeah, with nice. 14. Four Dodgers have eight or more stolen bases. Can Eric name mm-hmm. these three base, base thievers? <laughs> Says Craig. I like that mm, term. It's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, it is hard to say. Uh, hint, the top Dodger went 11 for 11. Hmm. I, this is, wow. This is at Petco. Only. At Petco. Mm, let's let's go back to Chris Taylor. Uh, nope. No uh, active Dodgers on this list. Matt Kemp? Uh, with eight, with four caught stealings. Uh, I don't, Yasiel Puig didn't steal a lot, but I'm going to say Yasiel Puig. Nope. I didn't mean it. Um, let's see. Um, Petco. Uh, Juan Pierre? As one of your hints was going to be arena in a box. One Pierre, eight stolen bases with one caught stealing. So the eleven for eleven guy. Wow. Um, hmm. Raphael for call. There you go. Eleven nice. for eleven. And you have one left. Oh, sorry. Wait, I do. <laughs> yeah, it's four. You named for call Kemp and Pierre. Oh, dang! I thought I had another one for some reason. Um. You said not active. Um, this is not a surprising name when it comes to stolen bases. Yeah. A burner, um, as you would say. Sure. Um, but, at, hmm. This is, this is a problem. Um, <laughs> uh, Kenny Lofton, he was only one year, but nope. who knows? Maybe he went off. Um Honestly, I don't know. Uh, D. Strange Gordon. Ah, that's good. Yeah. Switching to the other side of the ball with pitchers, four Dodgers have struck out 50 or more Padres at Petco Park in their time in Los Angeles. Can you name the pitchers? Yeah, so Kershaw. You know what's funny is I almost said, well, I said it's good that we're not including Brooklyn players on this <laughs> Petco Park list. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, Clayton Kershaw has 132 strikeouts of Padres at Petco Park. Okay, so leads the list. Would you believe? Yeah, I would. I would believe that. Um, <laughs> so fifty or more. Dazzy Vance. So let, yeah. Um, just for longevity uh, and you know the Jersey factor, uh, Chad Billingsley. Chad Billingsley, number two with eighty. Um. Okay, so now becomes. See, last year was a shortened year. So basically, you have Bueller with like four years, but like it's really three plus something. And Grinky with three. Which one of those would be on this? I'm going to. Not yet. Neither. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was talking myself through that. Like, uh-huh. But like, yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's think of. So Derek Lowe was here for four years, but he didn't really strike anybody out. Um, but is four years enough? And why am I not thinking of any other? 
Oh boy. I have hints is... if you need them. I'll, I'll take a hint. One of these, this is a big hint, uh, but one of these players, if my memory serves correctly, hit a home run at Petco Park. Oh, um, Kenta Maeda. There you go, 54 strikeouts. Oh, then let's go back to the well then. and it's, He's in that same thing probably like four to five seasons, so let's let's go with Hyunjin Ryu. Nope. My last hint uh, will be these are not exclusively starting pitchers. Oh, and Kenley. There you go. 65 yeah. strikeouts. I, I should have thought of that. Yeah, good good call. Thank you. Those are good questions. I like that. Yeah, I like it too. Walker Bueller is in the conversation for the National League Cy Young Award. What has impressed the two of you the most about his season so far? Um, the tight pants? No, uh, no, uh, let's... So, I... Th- it's, it's pretty cliche, but, like, it's been brought up so much, but it, it really is, like, the consistency. Like, look back to last season, right? He was... He's obviously their number one. The last couple of years have really shown to me, like, just how much the Dodgers value their own evaluations. Like, it just, like, maybe even 10 years ago, maybe, maybe a little further back, but where, like, like, he was always really inconsistent ish, Mm -hmm. you know, still good, but always inconsistent in the regular season. And I think, you know, it would have been really easy for uh, a management team to go, no, we're going to get the the, the grinder who's been there. And for, for them to say no, this guy is starting over Clayton Kershaw, uh, yeah. and we're going to put him and get him in more frequently and make sure we optimize the amount of time we have with him shows one how much they trust their evalu- internal valuations, and two how accurate they are because they they were right. Um, yeah, I, I I think too last year, obviously there were the blister issues, mm-hmm. there was the not throwing uh, during the break, and like uneven like coming out of it so he basically first few weeks of the season were like spring training almost for him and so you really didn't know what you're gonna get i think he went i think he went six innings once in the regular yeah, season last exactly. year this season every game but one yeah. six innings like <laughs> and, and a lot of them much more i think the only person with more innings is um zach wheeler and like it's really like i think zach wheeler's probably like the the leader for the Cy Young right now, agree. but Bueller's right there. Um, and yeah, like he's just been like day in, day out, like the, the every day or I mean, every fifth day or whatever, um, reliable post uh, and just some, someone they can absolutely count on. And that's, and like, it's been weird too, because like his strikeout rate is like down a little bit, but he's, but it's not like he's giving up hard contact, right? He's 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 been super efficient, and you know it's it's not like he's not maybe not technically pitching to content con- contact, but uh, he is a little bit. But like you know, I think he's just he's 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 very smart and very in tune with like sort of modern pitching philosophy. Um, and so he's kind of like the like a perfect fit for like everything every pitching staff's trying to do right now, and, and like he knows exactly how to do like what they want to do and and what he wants to do, and it's just all coming in all coming together and like like his postseason record like speaks for itself for all the for all the like flack like Clayton Kershaw got 
Bueller's been like the exact opposite of that. Like, you know, to start his career, like he's been absolutely nails like um, during the postseason. And like, there's a good reason why they, they like, they sort of consider him as their ace. And like, he's been, um, I forgot if, um, with, there's, I'm trying to remember the exact quote. Justin Turner has said it. Dave Roberts has said some version of it, but it's like, we knew, you know, we knew he was a big game guy. Oh yeah. This was Justin Turner. It was like, we knew he was a big game guy, but this year he's been the not big game guy, yeah. <laughs> you know, like you just like everything in between. Like, and so, every game has been like a big game performance from him. And like, he's been just awesome. And like that, that, that's been really impressive to me. Really good. Um, fan article by Carmen yeah. Chardello. I think I'm saying that right, but yeah, uh, I'll, I'll link to that in the notes. Um, that kind of goes over this. Um, and then Jay Jaffe also had a tweet noting, uh, the Fabian Ardaya article, man, I'm naming lots of names, uh, that, Bueller himself said that he's focusing more efficiency and you can see that. Um, and that yeah. kind of, you know, it's a mentality shift. We saw Clayton Kershaw go through. You see so many pitchers who have a full arsenal and a really great understanding from the game, but also were blessed with a great um, action on their, on their pitches naturally that as whether it's age or for whatever reason, they need to kind of, progress as an actual pitcher and when you see those guys do that it's just so cool to see and gives you gives you a lot of hope for the long term of that pitcher that you're not just going to get this like great five-year period that you could get a, uh, an all-time career out of this guy and that's really exciting to see as you know the Dodgers are going to have a lot of free agent decisions to make and he's always been on there and you always wonder uh, uh, you know, with the pitcher's break mantra, how likely they would be to go after a non-Clayton Kershaw pitcher and lock him up long-term. And uh, really does seem like it'd be silly to not not have that be Bueller, be the kind of your target A for who you're going to really lock up super long-term. Yep, absolutely. The 2021 Dodgers have 24 different pitchers with at least one game finished. The LA Dodger franchise record is 25, which was done in 2018. For the contest, can and Eric can choose first. Boo! Thought, mm-hmm. thought we had an understanding. Uh, yep. Will this team's this year's team finish with twenty four, tie the record, or get twenty six or more pitchers with a game finished? Note that there are two non starters on the active roster without a game finished. Ooh. Shane Green uh, and then Eftali Feliz. So Shane Green. Could have got a game finished on Sunday, but he was bad. He's very bad in his Dodgers debut. Um, so, wow. I get – I think they'll get to 25. Okay. Um, but not 26. Okay. Um, we're going to – we're, uh, we're uh, 24. Uh, no more. That's it. Staying okay, pat. so this is, this is one that – you... Only I can win yes. before the end of the season. <laughs> Correct. So, next week, I, I'm going to be like, ha-ha, uh-huh. Feliz. Tree Turner got a but, game finished. <laughs> but then also, like, to be fair, like, then they're going to get, like, a 26 too. so, yep. like, neither of us win. So, yeah. All right. This seems risky nice. to discuss, given the Dodgers' overall health this season. But if Mookie Betts is available this week, the Dodgers would have to make a tough lineup choice every day in terms of who to play and who to sit. My first question is, what is your preferred lineups? 
um, and and lineups and positions for a fully stocked Dodger team? And second, how often, if at all, does Betts play second base? Uh, ideally, Betts never plays the infield. Right. Um, for me, like uh, they they have enough infielders now, so I don't. And I think the only player who's looked really confident in right field, like Bellinger has, but you want him in center if he's playing yeah. at all, is Billy McKinney. And ideally, Billy McKinney is not starting. Doesn't play. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, you want Mookie in right. Uh, do do so, are we? We're not. Do you do you want to do like? We're just going to do roster, so, right? We're not going to do the actual lineup yeah, order. Yeah. I, I just think I just think like the main thing for me is I think once once Mookie's back. It allows you to sit Bellinger more often. Yep. And you're always going to get one of essentially Pollock or I guess Taylor or whoever's resting between like Justin Turner probably gets a day off a week now the rest of the year. Um, but let, let's say this. Let's say yeah. the pitcher has yeah. no discernible splits one way or the other. You, um, it's an anonymous pitcher. Right. Uh, oh. What is your starting roster? Let's see if we disagree at all. I don't. I don't think we will. But so because I, I think I it's mean, a pretty clear to me. It's right, a pretty clear roster. I yeah. I, I especially at this point, like no discernible pitcher is weird. But like, um, I I don't think you ever start Bellinger against the lefty. Yep. Uh, right now, but like if it comes down to it, like Bellinger uh, starts maybe like a third of the time. That sounds about right to me. Yeah, I, th- and like, I think in the regular season, like you said, yeah. it will wash out where he's starting almost all the time because somebody is going to get a day off. And because yeah. you have the glue of this franchise, Chris Taylor, you can make that work. No matter who's sitting, because Chris Taylor can play, uh, you can get because of that, you can get Cody Bellinger in the lineup. Um, now, that said, if, if, if the playoff game was tomorrow, you need to submit a roster before you do a pitcher. Again, weird hypothetical. I, yeah. I'll go through the roster and you tell me if you disagree with yeah. Uh, AJ Pollock in left. Yep. Chris Taylor in center. Okay. Mookie Betts in right. Sure. Justin Turner at third. Yep. Corey Seager at short. You could argue that. Hold they, on. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> uh, no. I, I think at that point, the, Corey Seager is not your now. best defensive shortstop, but he has but not what, played it, anywhere else ever. <laughs> so yeah, it's not. And it's, and it's what. Well, he's played third, but like, but yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, but he's not playing third in this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Trey Turner at second. Yeah. Max Muncy at first. Yep. I, I think it also gets to the point, just to bring this up, where uh, you, you, you're you at the point now where Pujols doesn't start even against lefties. Yes. Except, I, I guess, there could be an occasional situation, especially in the playoffs. They might do it, but it, it, it's the sense where they start him to get two at-bats, and then... Uh, whoever is the sitter comes in. Yeah, and then and Max it, and moves back like, to first. I could totally see it happening, especially if any of the other guys is going through a little bit of slump. And but, hey, but maybe the, Cody Bellinger has a really hot, um, hot right. September, and then things change around. But if the if the playoff game was tomorrow, and again, yeah. anonymous hitter, I think that's what you go. And then you have Bellinger as a great pitching slash defensive replacement adjustment, great for a double switch situation. Um, and you have uh, Pujols as your great bat off the bench against a lefty. Um, it, you've got a really a, solid lineup there. It's a problem with Pujols because uh, in the regular season, you, it could be a game where 
that's a Corey Seager rest day. It's a, an occasional Trey Turner rest day. It's a Justin Turner rest day. Uh, Max Muncy maybe even a rest day, that, you know, although that's rare as well. But, like, you're not going to sit any of those four guys in the playoffs, right? Like, right. so Pujols doesn't really start in the playoffs for me. And that's the only other guy who would really start, you know. Uh, I guess um, – but, yeah, that, that's that's interesting. And then, then you're going to have games where, like, they'll put Bellinger in center and, like, Taylor in left or, or – and then sit Pollock for, like, you know, two, two out of six or something like two out of five, something like that, I would imagine – that that's I think that's but yeah you're I'm I'm with you okay. on that 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 roster yeah for sure. Um, I'm gonna let you ask the next question because it's an it's an interruption. Yep. Uh, so questions from Craig has become questions from Ryan Walton uh, or a question from Ryan Walton. He's going on a family trip to uh, Missouri next week. It plans to see a game at Kauffman Stadium. Uh, he said, I'm not sure if Jacob has ever heard of this place, but we're eating at a place called Mac Cheesy, which, first of all, great name for a place, among other places. If Jacob has been, are there any recommendations? I'll be driving up to the Royals game from Brana. Is that how you say, is that the right way to pronounce that? No idea. Uh, and wondered what I should eat on the way to the Royals game or after for the drive back. Look forward to hearing your suggestions. So uh, Mac Cheesy is in Joplin. I've never been to Joplin. I have a friend mm-hmm. who um, is from Joplin. And so now that I know, if I ever uh, go, if he ever visits back, I'll make sure he knows. And if I ever go, I'll go as well. Now that said, uh, where he's heading from, Kenneth Brana, I, I is um, really close to Fort Scott, Kansas, which is actually where I did a mini uh, vacation recently. So I actually have done that drive back up to Kansas City. Um, so two stops on that are on that drive. There's a few ways you can go, and so you'd have to pick a particular route. But um, uh, Marsha's Great Plains Deli had one of the best sandwiches, just good cold cut, huge, huge sandwich I've ever had. Um, and that's in Fort Scott. Uh, Miss B's Cafe was an excellent breakfast joint in Lewisburg. Um, and then other than that, Kansas City has a great food scene. There's so much to do there, but since this is something you would just kind of tack on, you you got to do the obvious thing, I think, and do barbecue. Um, the, my Rex there, uh, Joe's Kansas City Barbecue, formerly known as Oklahoma Joe's, is, in my opinion, the the gold standard when it comes to KC barbecue. Uh, they are closed on Sundays. If the game you're going to is on a Sunday, you couldn't go. But otherwise, it's just phenomenal. Um Worth noting, you can call in an order and do a pickup, but uh, if you wanted to avoid the fairly long lines, but uh, I think it's worth going in. It's probably uh, there are three locations, two of which are in the, uh, the suburbs. We're actually going to be probably a little bit more on the way. You'll pass through uh, either the Olathe or the Leewood location, uh, but I think it's worth going to the original, which is in a gas station. It's got that really you're eating at a gas station vibe, and that's. Um, that's in Kansas City, Kansas, close-ish to downtown. That's Joe's. The you sent. That's the one you sent me. I right? sent for uh, Christmas. I sent you a. Yeah. Uh, they're known for. They all. I think they do everything very well. But um, thanks uh, in large part uh, to Paul Rudd, the Z-Man sandwiches. Hmm. Uh, certainly, they're probably most famous sandwich. And I sent you a, a Z-Man kit. I think. It's always hit or miss on stuff that's like through the mail like that. Yep. Um, but having, 
I mean, it's in like a resealable frozen pack, and you basically just um, boil it uh, to heat it, and it and it tastes really good. Yep. Like you know, weeks after the fact, and it's excellent. Uh, so yeah, I, I I can't imagine what it would be like fresh uh, that day. So like yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. If for whatever you're going on a Sunday, the other barbecue places I would recommend are Slaps. And um, Q39, which is a more of a sit-down uh, vibe. So if you wanted the more sit-down uh, sit option, that's that's a, another another good thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, we have one more question from Craig. Okay. As you know, you two know, I am encamped in Portland this week, so my food question is inspired by this location. I had a crispy mortadella sandwich at Lardo, and we'll get their version <laughs> of cheesesteak at some point. A sandwich that I think I've mentioned on air before. Maybe... The best sandwich I've ever had is the cheesesteak available at Lardo. And I wanted to know if you ever cooked or heated up deli or luncheon meat for your sandwiches growing up. I remember doing this in particular with the Oscar Mayer brand with the circular meat rising into a little dome shape. My (laughs) mom did this. She would microwave bologna, and that smell is still scarred in my brain. And this oh, is someone who likes yeah. bologna and likes microwaving yep. things generally. Yep. Uh, and uh, the two shall not meet in my head. And now that said, <laughs> I have had a, I don't know if I would call it crispy, but certainly hot mortadella sandwich. There's a um, Cajun place here in, in town in Lawrence um, that has it, and it is phenomenal. It is so good. So clearly there is a right way to do that, but, uh, but now I can't not think of crispy oscar Mayer bologna and i'm a little uh little grossed out so i i i don't remember doing that as a kid um i think i've done it more as an adult um just like uh i don't know it, it's worked with like um you used to work i uh, used to do this with like lunch and meat let's say that was been in the fridge a little too long and uh maybe had a weird smell to it yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna cook the, the nastiness out of this, and you know, throw it on the grill, uh, and then just throw some cheese over it, and then that's the sandwich. Um, but like, yeah, I, I don't remember doing that as a kid. Um, I, I I've never done the the bologna thing, but that sounds so gross. Um, but um, yeah, I uh, I don't I like it just generally like, um, but yeah, I I don't. I don't remember ever doing it as a kid. I, I was um, not. I mean, I don't remember how often I, what age I started like using the stove. I'm trying to remember that. It, but like, I was usually like too much work. I'm just gonna slap, slap raw you know meat on this piece of bread and eat it, and the, the, don't have to do an extra step. That was sort of my my path back then. But uh, yeah. That's kind of it. I'm gonna, uh, I I'm gonna like yeah. push the bologna thing out my head, and instead just think of Lardo and Mortadella, and uh, get get hungry again. Craig sent us a text yesterday from Lardo, uh, and just with the outside of the restaurant. So just look at that picture, and then yeah. be inspired, and then you won't. You'll think of good sandwiches and not bad. So uh, that's about it for us this week. Uh, go out there, eat a good sandwich, whether it's heated or not, uh, and we'll be back next week with even more Dodgers news. Thanks for listening, everybody.